No, I love landline podcasts, and I feel, well, first I went through this whole thing well, feeling like a bad friend because I hadn't listened to it, and then I started listening to it um, and just, like, laughing out loud, and then I stopped feeling bad about it because I realized that it really was, like, my country house's landline that was so influential in getting you here, so now I can sit back on that and feel okay that I didn't listen for the past seven years. Welcome to Landline Podcast. I'm a professional voiceover artist that Alex could never have actually gotten unless I was his friend from 10 years ago. Welcome back to Landline Podcast. I am your host, Alex McKay, 503-894-8480. That's 503-894-8480 is the landline. New feature, I got an old-fashioned phone tap that someone is making in the modern age. So now every call is recorded. Look, the word is out. Cell phones suck. It's in the New York Times. Facebook's ruining our lives. Our voting machines are screwed, blah, blah, blah. I've been saying this for seven years. So just the point is not that I'm right because I am right, but I'm also not very successful at podcasting. The point is call the landline when you want to complain about all that stuff. 503-894-8480. Don't retweet something that the junior senator from Tennessee wrote. Call somebody and have a real-life conversation about what it is that's making you so horribly depressed inside. Because the answer is your cell phone. All right, here we go. Anya, Season 7 premiere, all the way through, great new features on the pod. Have fun. See you next week, every Tuesday. Let's see you next Tuesday on Landline. There's a new ring. How are you guys going to do about that? Landline. Yeah, we got a new ring and the new phone. You're the first one to make a jingle on the recording. Ooh, what new phone? Isn't that like going against the whole ethos of landline to get anything new ever? Well, if you want to talk for an hour and a half about my psychosis, then that's a great question to ask because is getting a like nice portable phone set for your landline connection at home too far away from does the landline need to be like corded that's a question i mean we could just do an episode on that this is I'm an- pretty sure that it does and the other thing that i need to say about landline is that i'm feeling like a little bit hurt that you are not giving me the full credit for this entire just idea and the basis of your entire existence and being right now is really thanks to me. Oh, so you're the reason for my being. Excellent. There's a great, <laughs> that's a great podcast topic. I've been looking for you my whole life. Please tell me more. <laughs> well, wait, Not hold on. your being, but your persona as a landline host. Tell me, the whole, like, tell me. I don't remember. Uh, Too much drinking and uh, smoking. Tell me all about it. Well... 
then it actually reminded me about it. He said that you, at one of my country house parties, where there is no cell phone service, you were so enamored by the idea that we could only use the landline, and this, like, set you off on your whole tangent, and then you came back to Ainsley, and you were just, like, gung-ho about it the whole time and annoying about how we needed a landline, and it kind of took off from there. And remember how I was trying to court that um, Vanessa Kirkpatrick from Utah, and I like called her from that I think that landline was like a dark orange at your house and I, I I remember calling her from that and then like leaving her a number to call me back and my heart was a flutter for probably 48 hours as I waited for her to tell me whether or not she was going to come join us even though in everyone in the back of everyone's mind nobody wanted her to come because she wasn't part of the group and we all knew she wasn't going to because I was chasing her just for the very reason that she wasn't into me. So, um, I mean, we could really just go off into so many different directions here. Well, I remember and that. you spent your whole vacation waiting by the phone. Right. The well, landline. Well, that was definitely worth it. I did not. I went out to the fire and talked too much until everyone decided that they'd go someplace else. I mean, I did other things on that vacation. Isn't that where we got the, like, incredible tomatoes at the Stuff the Money in the Box farm stand? Probably. Oh, my God. I mean, there's definitely a Stuff the Money in the the Box farm stand all up and down my parents' street. Um, But so, okay, so am I, like, the originator? Should you give me a little credit? Well, I want to say that I have been pining for opinionated female guests and that's not to say that women aren't opinionated i just think that there there's some sort of uh, short circuit with me getting women guests on that i'm not related to so my wife has been a feature of the show my mother has made a couple of appearances and my sister has started to inch into the show a little bit more but i've had a really hard time getting people that are women to to be you know my interview partners so I don't know if that answers your question, but I'm very excited about having you because I know you have a lot to say, as you've shown in the first five minutes of this show already. You know, basically, I need I need people I need someone to tell me I'm an idiot. That's the whole point of this show, right? It's like I need a sparring partner to. Um, well, I'm happy to tell you you're an idiot. You're an idiot, and that doesn't answer my question. My question is: Is that where landline originated? No idea. Therefore, no idea. Am I the whole reason why you are in your life position that you are today? Well, you're presupposing that that was like the first landline that I'd ever seen. I mean, I landlines were a huge feature of my youth in my country house too, Anya. So I think that, <laughs> and in fact, in my lifetime. The my summer house, you could still use four digits to get to other phone numbers in the village. You didn't even have to hit the three digits before that. So, um, and you know, if you go to our house on the like indoor shingles by the by the phone, everyone's number um, is written down in pen on the wall, which is like the classic landline situation. But I think that. I certainly, certainly the combination of the potent strain of weed that you brought that weekend and your landline in that kitchen was probably the, um, the beginning of the embryo that has become this podcast. with, like, the swill of your New York unhappiness. Yeah. I think that's really what set it all off. Well, and then that was probably if, if, I mean, was that pre-smartphone? That was certainly... no. It was 
Yeah, it was pre-smartphone. It might have been pre-smartphone. So I, I feel like I had a Nokia with snake on it at that point. But what, what? I definitely had a Nokia with snake on it. And one time I dropped it right flush between the crack of the subway and the platform. Like, didn't even hit the sides. Wow. But that is interesting because, like, we graduated right around 2005, 2006 from college, and this is right around when we're talking about the, my love for the landline and the and the love that it held in it if that girl ever had called. But um, I, I'm interested in this idea that we did kind of go through co- – we went to college and landlines – or, excuse me, cell phones were not the cultural phenomenon that they were when we left. And I think probably seeing everyone in – like our age group adopt the modern world right after college was maybe the nailing nailing coffin of my psychosis. So I I don't know. Um, Why was I so down though? I mean, what, what was my, why was I so unhappy in New York? I've never really been able to give a good reason for that. When people ask, I don't know. You just hated it so much. And every other place. I've lived since. And every other place. I think it was just, like, the first place that you really hated. So you weren't, like, you hadn't realized it was a thing yet. Um, So it seemed, like, very situational and actually, like, place-based. But probably looking back on it, it was just, that's just you. That's weird, though, because I thought, I I now think of it as such a fun time. Was I, like, annoying to be around? I apologize if I was. What? No, you weren't annoying. I mean, except the fact that you, like, lived on my couch for, without paying rent until you moved in and started paying rent. So I had Gabe on to check the levels. I just called him, and he didn't even know he was being recorded. The question he wanted to ask you on Landline was, about your use of Instagram stories and your child, so. Oh, my God. Everybody asks me. It's so annoying. Why? Tell, well, I don't even know because I'm not on Instagram. So will you, like, give us just a window into that? So I use Instagram because I have almost all of my family. All of my family is not here to watch Eloise. And my grandmother and my parents and pretty much, like, so everybody watches her and gets so, and my in-laws and all of them every day on Instagram and they get so much joy from it. And I'm mostly just doing it for my grandmother because it's just, she's 95 and she likes it. So fuck everybody else. Right. Um, but I have had a lot of flack about it because obviously like it seems like she's like a lot of her life is on there. Like she's on there every day. Um, the thing that people, like, the, the response that I usually give to annoying people, mostly my brother, who, like, are so critical about it, is that I have a private account on Instagram, and I hide my story from, like, Larry LaRouche that I went to high school with. Liter- um, literally his name. <laughs> literally someone. And only... Uh, allow like you know people that I really love and like wouldn't mind like seeing knowing what's up in Eloise's life um to watch it but I get that all the time and it's really annoying and then people are like well you know you can send like a private message or a private chat to people and I said yeah I can but like that's just more work out of my day like this is the easiest way I don't have to want to like in the beginning when she was born, I had, like, eye chat chats and different photo streams for, like, different people and, like, groups of people. And 
I don't like I'm not getting paid to be like the social media manager of my child. So like there's one outlet. If you want to see what we're doing, you can check it out if I haven't blocked you. And if I have, then like go look at someone else's kid. That's basically how I feel about Instagram, Gabe. I chat. Uh, photo stream, Instagram, all the things that I've exposed my penis to over the last 10 years. So, so um, what's interesting, and I hope that I die, and the one thing that, well, I don't hope I die, but when I die, I hope people say he was the best critic of social media that ever lived. That's really all I care, right? That he, If you ever wanted to hear someone be angry about social media, he was the guy. But I will say, just to take your um, side on this, I think it's actually worse to complain about people's behavior on social media that you can elect to not participate in than it is than that behavior is itself. Like if people can choose not to look whatever you're you're putting up, then like what the fuck? Why are why are I my sister will always do this. She'll complain or roll her eyes at what someone's putting on a social media. Just stop following them. Why are oh, you yeah. letting... I mean, that's definitely Gabe's point. He's probably like, oh, this content isn't interesting enough for me. Like, how many times am I going to see Eloise, like, eat a piece of pizza at the table? <laughs> Boring. But, like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Don't watch me. Unfollow me. And I really don't care. Like, that's the thing about social media. I'm not, like, playing a game to get followers. Um, it's, like, you know, it's out there. It's available for anybody to, like, check in on my daughter who it will make them smile or laugh to see what she's doing today. Um, But I'm not kind of, like, curating it and making sure that I have the right kind of content. And I hate people that judge other people's, like, Instagrams about because their content is, like, too kid-focused or too it's always about their dog or, like, just don't fucking look. Let's take a quick break to see how I was spending my time during the brief hiatus this summer. It's a little feature I like to call, Alex Calls Somebody. Max? Hang on, let me turn the radio down. This is Max. Where are you going? Um, just driving. Errands to run. All right, well, can you give us 15 minutes? Uh, I could give you probably under five. I'll take it. I I just listened to uh, six weeks worth of voicemails, and it was credit card companies, hang-ups, and one message from Saul. So I'm pretty sure this is the lowest my landline morale has ever been in the history. What did Saul have to say? He said he would speak to any of the McKays at the house, and obviously it was clear that none of us were answering, so he hung up. Can I just tell you a story what my last 24 hours has been like? So, do you ever lose things? I lost my debit card last night when I was drunk. So, I lost my wallet yesterday when I was sober. Yeah. And that was the second time I've lost my wallet in the last three weeks. And the first time it was in Nantucket. And, you know, this story is going to be drenched in white privilege and nepotism. But 
Of course, losing your wallet in Nantucket is the perfect place. Nobody needs the money. Everybody's responsible and educated and feels safe. And even the landscapers are richer than I am. So somebody turned it into the police station. I was able, able to retrieve it. But do you have do you keep cash in your wallet? Yes, I had probably 60 bucks in my wallet at that time, and nobody took it. And yesterday I had $45 left, whatever was left over for my $100 withdrawal before I hit the farmer's market. Nice. So my mom for Christmas got me this thing called Tile, and you can carry it around on your keys in your wallet. It's like a little transponder, and it'll actually tell you on your smartphone where your shit is when you lose it. Can I, wait, can I cut you off real quick? Yeah. I'm just, I'm too hungover. I can't do this. Come on, you just got to listen to make fun of me. You don't need to perform. I'm like, I'm like on the verge of puking right now. I accidentally called 911 at 3 in the morning. Okay, well, this is the best podcast guest you've ever been. So are you sure you don't want to stay on the phone? Um, I mean, I'm, all right. I am. Seriously close to puking, but yeah, go ahead. All right, just listen. I could I could track this thing down because you can hit a button on your phone and it makes a little jingle. So it wasn't, you know, it was lost. I, I, I didn't even realize it was lost until I looked on the phone. I was like, oh, I'm going to use this thing because I'd finally installed it. And it was at this tweaker area, like under a bridge in North Portland. So clearly I dropped it and a tweaker had gotten their hands on it. Really? Like a meth user? Something like that, because I could see where it was. So I drove up there and like looked around these two sort of condo, rundown condo complexes that looked like similar to the kind of people that would rent motel rooms for my dad. Yeah. And then what do you do, Max? I mean, I'm not going to go knock on doors when there's guys with like full tattoos from waist up all the way through their neck, like getting out of their cars without hubcaps in front of their like trash house and ask them if they found a wallet. Like, what do you do at that point? Just ask Mitch to go do it for you. <laughs> Why would he be better at it? I mean, he wouldn't. That was a joke. Um, what, what did you lose again? <laughs> <laughs> My wallet. Oh, okay. Um, so the tweakers have your wallet. I would say you should probably cancel your cards first. I did that. Because they're going to order a bunch of Papa John's with it. <laughs> um, fuck, I'm I'm about to run out of gas too. All right, you... I'm I'm a hundred percent. Obviously, you've heard me say this before, but I'm one hundred percent not drinking again after after this. What so all right, fine. Let's just switch to you. What happened last night? Shots? Oh, uh, I don't even remember. Did some vodka Red Bulls, and then uh, I woke up in my bed soaking wet. It was raining last night, so I guess that's why. But um, then I told uh, work that I ate some bad pork and couldn't come in. And. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm done. It's it's time. I mean, it'll be good, like health wise, you know. It's not drink, so looking forward to it. All right. And what about your debit card? Is it at the bar? I don't know. I I locked it. I have the app, so I can just lock it. Um, but yeah, I don't care. I got twenty bucks in cash, so that's all I need. <laughs> and 
<laughs> what do you? What kind of errands are you doing? Are you gonna go get food or something? Um, I'm probably uh, gonna get some Burger King actually. All right. Well, but I am now going to hang up because I'm at the gas pump. All right. Good. Good luck. All right. Sorry. Bye. Max the Marine, everyone, on Landline Podcast, 503-894-8480. Now, that's a reoccurring guest and maybe the best listened to guest. So what does that say about me? What does that say about Max? And what does that say about the people who listen? All right, back to Anya. More bits later. Talk to you soon. We're taking this show to the top, baby. All right, so Anya's here. Anya's on the pod. and She's even come with her own bit. She's the... She's the social entre- she's the social entrepreneur in residence at um, Landline Podcast, and yeah. from, from what you sent me, you want your bit to be called now. Should we call it point five x returns or half x returns? What do you think the name? Point should- five point five x returns. Okay, so reality you, of doing good in this world. You you've heard of, you've heard of ten x returns. You've heard of a hundred x returns, but you've never heard of 0.5x returns, the real bad about doing good. So Anya is actually a very accomplished entrepreneur, um, both socially and otherwise, a businesswoman, a badass. She's had a lot of experience helping international communities, specifically women, um, through you know various uh, solutions like renewable energy that lead to self-fulfilling entrepreneurship and uh, economic independence for underserved populations. Um, but she's now, well, I mean, you describe it. So like what, what you've got something you want to say specifically on the pod and we can get to that, but do you want to just set the stage with like where you're at? Yeah. And we, I don't really actually want to talk about that because oh. I'm so jaded and burnt out and All right. don't believe in any of it. All right, great. Well, then, fuck that. I mean, we don't have to talk about anything, and we can take anything out. So uh, um, what do you want to oh. talk about? I mean, I want to talk about I want to talk about how, why I am so jaded and don't believe in it and burnt out. And uh, I want to tell you what um, I have chosen to do as of this week. So, okay, to set the scene, yes, what Alex said is right. I'm a social entrepreneur. Woohoo. Basically just means that I – have worked in nonprofits my whole life and at a certain point got like really frustrated um, and thought that I could do it better. Um, so I went out and started my own organization, which I've run for just under a decade now, um, that has made a lot of impact, changed a lot of people's lives. Um, we've seen some really great stories of like badass women entrepreneurs becoming elected to like mayor of their community going from like being a child bride with no education to now like running their city um and really great stuff but it was really hard and for me personally i was wildly underpaid like living well below the poverty line in the areas where i was living in Um, throughout my entire time of helping people exit out of poverty themselves. And um, there's such a huge irony there. We could do an entire series on that, but keep going. Oh, yeah, there's so much there. Um, And, you know, the commute to Nepal from San Francisco is just, you know, shy of 56 hours. It's three Um, three different (laughs) subway lines, right? It's just 
three different subway lines. You gotta take the A to no big deal to the E, and then there's a pretty big wait at the platform, and then finally the uh, L I R R comes through. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So that kind of sucked, and I kind of, you know, um, decided a couple years ago after Eloise was born that I couldn't do this anymore. We were living in Amsterdam when we started it, and it was a lot easier to commute to Nepal. Plus, I was, you know, sick and tired of not being paid well and feeling like I was just ready for a change. So I had a few options in front of me, as all entrepreneurs do when they're pretty much sick of running their own company. Um, I could close it down and, like, roll out the Mission Accomplished banner and just never talk about it again. I could... um, that would have been sick. You should have used all the money you had in the account to land on an aircraft carrier in a flight suit and been, like, mission yeah, accomplished. Yeah, I could have done that, basically. Um, or I could have, like, hired some other sucker to take my job and, like, be incredibly underpaid and, like, work 50 hours a week and have to fly to Nepal and everything on less than a $50,000 a year salary, but felt like couldn't do that to somebody else. Um, or I could, like, merge with another organization, sell my company, and do what, like, normal entrepreneurs do, only for no money. Um, so that's what I did. And I found another organization that's Australian that's working in India doing very similar work. And they were really interested in all the women's empowerment stuff that we did, which made me feel validated because that's my jam. Um, and they basically, we merged together, and we've been working on it um, for about a year on the merger, and things are going really, really well. Um, all the people in Nepal are happy. Everyone in India is happy. Sales are increasing. People are motivated. So all those positive things are happening for the organization. And I stepped down as executive director two weeks ago. Congratulations. So that was a big life moment. Ding, 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 ding. Congratulations. So, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. That there, There is no appropriate sort of like exit party for the sort of the um, life journey you went on and the business journey you went on. So there should have been fireworks over the San Francisco Bay. Uh, yeah, there should have. It was very weird because like I work by myself. So I didn't even like have a last day in the office kind of thing. That sucks. We should have, we would have, we, we should have come. You should throw, have Bennett throw you a party and all the people who've been with you since you started this will come and, and throw you a proper fete. Um, yeah. Or or don't. No. Um, but I'm good. I, I just think want... I've been asking all my friends for the past 10 years for right. help and money and right. everything. And That's I'm true. Good ready point. not to ask anybody for anything. All right. Well, I'm very proud of you as your friend. I think it's an incredible thing what you did and that you, I don't, you know, I think it's awesome that you have not all good things to say about it because there are probably too many people in the world who are just giving positive feedback on stuff that sucks, like everything from like bagels to Japanese food to the service. Or I... like those people that do toy reviews on YouTube. It's so weird. <laughs> oh my God. I know nothing about that. I should look into what? that. It's so weird. All they do is open toys and talk about them. So just so we can give people like, and then we're going to go on to what you're doing next. But the last, the last little tiny bit of this, because I want to show people that there was actually like a practical use for the organization you started. And there's tactile reasons and impacts that it had it wasn't just like you met with women in nepal and told them to like 
be more positive about themselves. Can you just give us the the ninety second pitch on what it was that you actually functionally did? Yeah. So I started an organization called Empower Generation. You can donate online, empowergeneration.org, for all you millions of listeners out there. Yeah, baby. Um, And what we do is we uh, identify women living in now India and Nepal in rural or urban, very poor communities. So these are people living for the most part without access to electricity. Um, So using things like candles and kerosene lanterns for light and cooking over open wood fires inside of their tents that they live in. Um, So we work with communities like that. We identify women that are living in these communities that have interest in learning business skills and developing their leadership skills. And we provide them training and support and access to capital and access to a line of high-quality clean energy products um, and other life-improving products, so anything from like a solar lantern to a cook stove that you can cook on that doesn't produce any smoke to a water filter that will clean your water or a sanitary napkin that you won't be able to buy um, except for like 20-mile away walk. Um, So we provide them all of these products, and then we help these women launch their own businesses in these communities selling all these goods. And we provide them opportunities to move up our corporate ladder, to be promoted, to become regional managers, area managers, and um, even like go all the way to the top of our organization. Um, A lot of our entrepreneurs who started working with us as entrepreneurs are now um, working with us as team members. And then women also have used the skills that they've learned in this business to leverage it to, like I said before, like um, secure political office, run for office, uh, continue their education, leverage the business skills training that we give to help their family business. Like one lady was, um, her family had like a little grocery, like a stall in the marketplace where they would sell their vegetables from their farm wholesale. Um, And now she's like turned that into a large wholesale grocer business that is making a billion rupees a year. Um, it's like a hundred rupees to a dollar if you want to do the math. Wow. You thousand heirs out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we did all that stuff. And, uh, in the process we sold just over a hundred thousand of these products and have helped just under half a million people across India and Nepal, um, get access to life improving products and opportunities to earn money if they want. All right, so not exactly as important as um, the coffee shop in my neighborhood choosing to use compostable straws, but definitely like starting to get pretty far up there. So <laughs> pretty close, pretty close. And you know, these types of places like landline podcasts would not really fly in the communities that I've been working on in Nepal because, first of all, the weeds they're never going to get landlines. Like the landline is never coming. They they leapfrog that. And they all use mobile phones, and now they're just waiting for all of these like basic amenities, like a landline or access to electricity or cell phones or what, um, and that we are sitting around and complaining about. Yeah, I mean they must, iPhone. but they they they've got to be pumped about how lobster prices have plummeted this summer um, because of oversupply. I mean that at least is getting them like some different protein options at dinner. Sorry, I'm racking my brain. That's a- 
farmer's market every weekend. Yeah, exactly. And they've got reusable bags that are all made of hemp. Um, Well, it's, you know, again, we're going to do a short hit here and you're going to talk about your new job because it's obviously going to be like you're now the captain of new technology. Well, how did you know that I got a new job? Well, you told me that you, you told me like 10 minutes ago, you said, I'm really excited to tell you about the new thing that I'm about to start doing. And obviously it's going to be like, you're now the queen of cell phones for the Bay Area or something like that. Because I know that there's another foot to drop here. But I do want to say that on another episode, and I do hope you come back, that we should juxtapose all the fascinating and insanely positive impacts you just described. And how on paper that sounds like you have been the queen of the universe for the last four years. Because you're just doing like God's work and it's been incredibly successful and we have all of these you know stories of impact and you know half a million people are now part of your ecosystem of positivity and yet like you are pretty angry about how frustrating and challenging it was to make happen and i think that we that's the conversation that's that we need to continue to have because there's so much um you know there's basically just so much like throwaway people are saving the world over here energy coming from the general population of the United States and like everything's going to be okay and the system is still so fucked for succeeding that we have to talk about that but that's on another day um, I a lot to talk about international relations poverty alleviation stay tuned listeners I'm happy to be a regular feature and we can talk about all that stuff by the way Ben just got back from China and he says that everybody is kind of obsessed with Trump. Like they love him. Like not kind of, they fucking love him. They yeah. think he's crushing. Yeah, of course. Of course he is. They like like strong man over there. I mean, they're crushing up, they're, they're poaching rhinoceros, or they're paying Africans to poach rhinoceroses, ripping them out of their carcasses and leaving them to like probably not even be dead yet, like die of bleeding out in the middle of the Congo, bringing those things back to Beijing, drying them out, crushing them up, and then snorting them to try to get their dicks hard. How could they not yeah, love no, Trump? I know. You How- can buy that rhino horn in CVS in Thailand or in 7-Eleven. If you want to talk yeah, about a target market for Trump, that is like the center of the bullseye right there. It's pretty good. Plus, they like live in a smog-filled universe, and they're all succeeding with like gold-plated kitchens. So, what do they care about climate change or environmentalism? I mean, he should just go be president of China. That would work out best for everybody. Well, Beijing is the most polluted city in the world. So, Portland, Oregon, Bennett's hometown, was in the top five worst air qualities this week based on forest fires. Really? Yep, I'm gonna it was, tell him that. It went Beijing, Mumbai, Portland. Wow. All right, so um, here we go. That's music to our ears that in season seven, that's right, this is season seven of Landline. Now, you've heard of a lot of shows that were like the first few seasons were like where they they really made their money and then they just keep making them because they knew they could make money off of it and the actors wanted to do it. This is, we're doing the opposite. In true Landline fashion, we're going to make like 14 years of horrible shows and then like the last two shows are going to be the last two seasons are going to be the best ones. so season seven though i started this in 2008 no 20 no sorry 2011 anyways all right anya you're so much more interesting than me tell us tell us the big news no i love landline podcast and i feel well first i went through this whole thing well feeling like a bad friend because i hadn't listened to it 
And then I started listening to it um, and just, like, laughing out loud and trying to think, like, if, like, these weren't my friends, would I, like, love this as much as I do? And then thought, realized that I probably would because, you know, like, not all the guys on this thing. I didn't go to high school with you, so they're not, like, all my really good friends. And I have found some of your guests annoying for years. Sure. Um, but still very much enjoyed their episodes. Um and, yeah, I'm happy. Season 7, way to go. And then I stopped feeling bad about it because I realized that it really was, like, my country house's landline that was so influential in getting you here. So now I can sit back on that and feel okay that I didn't listen for the past seven years. Yeah, and I just, you know, I think that your concerns about whether people other than ones who know me would like it is valid. But I do think the best shows of any type on the radio podcast it's all about creating a universe, and as long as you can create a consistent universe full of characters, then people don't necessarily need to know them personally. They'll know people like them, and they'll be there'll be people that they're annoyed by. There'll be people they disagree with. There'll be people they love, and then that's good enough. Like you're really trying. I'm trying to create a world that other people can eavesdrop on through conversations with all the interesting folks that I know. So, landline, landline, hey. Hey, I was hoping to pick up the the machine so I could leave you a, a landline blurb from my uh, Orlando Resort experience. Okay, have you seen that exploded oil tank yet? The vat of oil that the person died in. Is that here in Orlando? That's at that's at Disney World. I thought you might no. have come across it yet. All right, well, do you want to hang up? Do you want me to hang up? I, um, only if you're looking for some bits. Oh, I'm doing I'm doing a recording with someone this afternoon. I need some bits. I got I got okay. season seven coming here after Labor Day. So, oh, why why don't you lodge your um, well, or we could just talk. But um, yeah, why don't you why don't you lodge your field report right now, and I can um maybe get some details out of it. Yeah, you know it's uh, just a very I just arrived this morning. We got here at five thirty. East Coast time, took the red eye, um, went to the, pick up our car. We got it a foreign model uh, rental, and that's what they stuck us with. And then uh, we went to Denny's, just keep it up real. Uh, drove, uh, easy drive, the Florida highways are beautiful. And uh, we're at a fucking mega hotel with a, I'm, I'm sitting by the splash pad, you know, the water park where all the kids hang out. Yep. And uh, drinking. Uh, American vodka and tonic. They make strong drinks here. Nice. Went up to the fucking uh, bars. There's a lady from Venezuela. She just escaped a couple months ago. She's loving America. Um, like, this is American as shit, dude. It's all um, ethnic. I love it. It's a big, diverse, beautiful, fat fucking group of people. And, and you're going to go to the pool. You're going to see some hot, but you're, you're just looking at a lot of fucking uh, cellulite. You have to appreciate your wife. She stays fit. So do you feel like the America you're in now is fatter than the America you came from? From Bend, Oregon? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is like uh, National Geographic. Okay, well, why don't we, I mean, you're, how, many, how many hours are you going to be, be from there and how many um, calls can you I can, make, I guess, are I the two questions. Daily. I can check in daily. I'll be here. Uh, we, Heather and John are asleep because they didn't sleep on the airplane. 
because uh, we took off. We left fucking Seattle at uh, like nine o'clock and showed up here East Coast time five o'clock. So that's two in the morning. So you know it was a five-hour flight from Seattle. Of course, LBJ and Heather. I made him sit between us. I did get the big seat. I did the upgrade for the big seats, but uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'll be here. I'll be here all week. Well, you know, for I'll be here till uh, Wednesday. I think, or Tuesday, and I drive to Hilton Head. Do you have a concealed carry permit? I do, but not, uh, and I didn't bring any weapons with me. I'm unarmed, but uh, fully loaded on vodka tonic. <laughs> all right, well, all, all your calls are recorded on landline now. That's the beauty Perfect. of it. And um, obviously leave as many messages as my machine will allow. Um, great. I think a, a good sort of analysis of the use of technology. I feel like you're entering a zone of technology that you, John Lucy, don't normally get exposed to. So I think yeah. sort of your traveler's um, point of view on that will be quite um, apropos for the landline crowd. And then, you know, just make sure the Constitution um, is a part of your analysis as well. I'm telling you, this bartender here, she's like, man, I just escaped Venezuela. I'm fucking killing it here. Gave her a few extra bucks. I don't know if it was just a shine or what, but she got a few dollars extra out of me. And she's loving She says, I love America. She wants to go shoot some guns. That's the first thing she wants to do. And the other bartender who's been working here for 10 years, it's like, my kid's been shooting guns his whole life. And she's like, that's all I want to do. We're going to go shoot together. So, you know, I mean, she's wants some guns. I love that. So American. Venezuela, you can't have a gun. That's why you take over your whole fucking country. You should come down from the hotel room with a briefcase full of funny money and see if she gets the joke. Because that's how, if you were trying to buy a drink, a vodka tonic with Tito's in Venezuela right now, yeah. you'd honestly need a hockey bag full of currency. You need to have that shit, like, um, vacuum sealed, like, a, with a forklift to get some Tito's. It would have to be just a fucking brick, a big fucking brick. Yeah, uh, Venezuela. All right, well, we're yeah. setting our tents up. We're going on a landline camping trip to Yale Lake yeah. in uh, the St. Yeah. Helens area tomorrow. Yeah. That's great, man. Yale Lake, that'll be awesome. And uh, I told Anna about Council Lake, but uh, Yale will be great. It's going to be a little smoky there. We have flying out, man. We didn't even get above the smoke until we were in... Uh, fucking Idaho, I think, you know. So uh, perhaps consider a, uh, you know, respirator, you know, or something that's at least a 90, M90 for uh, Homer and your wife. Okay. I'm not so concerned about you. I know you're strong. Yeah, well, I just have bad, bad lungs already. Do you feel yeah. that there's a pay phone that you can locate if you're in an emergency and need to call us? I might uh, finish this cocktail and take a walk around. I think the ladies behind the bar would actually let me just use their landline. That would be ideal. So Okay, I'm going I'm to call tomorrow from the landline behind the bar. Okay, and I won't be here. I'll be camping, so make sure you leave a message Good of at you. least five minutes. Thank you. I wish that there were some way to uh, capture the images of the people from Venezuela that are hanging out. They're having a good time. They like it here. They're like, damn, I love America. Uncle Sam, the whole thing, you know. They're American as hell. That's what I'm talking about. It's a the United States, America is not fucking Trump or, or Bernie Sanders. It's this idea of like, hey, man, just give me an opportunity to get my shit done. It doesn't matter what I look like. We need to stop 
balkanizing the United States. That's my biggest beef with these people. Like, I'm a black American. I'm a trans American. I'm doing all this shit. It's like, man, you're an American. Just be who you are, and you're an American. And these people understand it, the ones that are coming here. We need to take a field trip to Florida to find America. All right. Well, you, me, Paul Simon, and I also just (laughs) completely off topic, but I'd like you to take notes on the recycling program there because I'm very – No, that is is a bad deal. I I walked up – you know, I got a straw with my first drink in a plastic cup. I walked – I dumped out the ice and the lime, took the straw and the plastic cup back up. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. I was like, well, fuck, it, it works great. Just throw it, in the, it was full of vodka. It's like the cleanest shit on earth. They said, no, no, no. So anyway, I probably got that to report. It was uh, disappointing. I, just give me, or give me, I should have brought a steel blast. That's my See, problem. Why don't you hoard some styrofoam and bring it back to Oregon? Because we don't have enough here. We could probably sell it to the tweakers. We could do that, or I could just uh, grab all the uh, punctured uh, floaties around the pool. I'll bring those back. All right, have fun with Goofy, and make sure you keep yeah. your eye on your son at all times. Yeah, there's some perks. I'll see ya. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Landline. Remember, listeners, A, you can call the landline, 503-894-8480. This whole show jumps an entire notch. If I could get two or three calls on the landline a day, I now can pick up the phone and it automatically records, which is a new feature. I got something called the, like, recorder gear tr500 off the internet and it just it's basically like an old-fashioned phone tap that like the stasi would use in eastern germany so i got that going and number two for you longtime listeners remember the goal is to beat rick steves so once we get over the rick steves threshold i'll just explode all the equipment and we'll hang it up for good so um with that in mind now it's time for the big unveiling it is but wait first Call the landline and tell Alex, I like the suggestion that you gave a few episodes before um, about how racist he is and also, like, how many derogatory and discriminating terms he may use towards underserved and underrepresented groups and minorities. But you don't think I'm in on the joke? Um, sometimes you're in on the joke. Like what? what Sometimes sort of... you are the joke. Okay. Well, hopefully I am the joke. That's that's the that's where I'm trying to place myself as the like I'm trying to sort of be a caricature of of the of the Me Too white man because like we need to be made fun of. You know, it should be like <laughs> o- only Me Too white men jokes for the next twenty five years. I don't think that you have to like go. That's not such a stretch to be a character of the Me Too white man. All right. Okay. Well, l- listen. <laughs> No, you're not. You're not one of those me too guys. All right, Wendy. Well, I, um, I mean, my racist, but, my racist jokes. Well, whatever. We're just gonna have. Let's just gloss over that because I'll get way too insecure and I'll end up like crumbling into a pit of despair for the rest of the afternoon. So why don't we just okay? Stick don't. With, stick Your with, racist jokes aren't that bad either. It's just good that you call out attention to it, like when you compare said at the beginning of Tim's two guy one cup episode that um. You did kind of go there with uh, complaining that you didn't get the job because a woman of color got it. So, you know, just keep yourself on in line, and that's, like, perfect, and that's your responsibility as, like, a person who's decided to put your voice out into the world. So I actually think you're doing a good job about it. That's true, and I don't even remember what that job is now. So, uh, oh, yeah, I do that, like, TV chef. It's because I'm, like, not that good of a cook and apparently not that interesting to a large enough group of people. So... <laughs> 
Okay, so you're ready for my big reveal? I'm ready. This has been the best radio tease. You're really a pro guest. I, I can't say enough about it. Um, well, so I just finished two weeks ago. That's what, what I told you. And I was really looking forward to taking time off and having, like, a little bit of me time and, like, trying to do things like the garden in my house and, like, a bunch of other, like, Alex-type projects that I, like, have always given myself the excuse that I was too busy to do saving the world. Um, but in reality, I was probably just going to, like, sit around and smoke pot the entire time. Watch reality TV. Yep. Um, but I got a job already, and I accepted the offer last week, and it's, like, the total opposite of what I was doing before, but not really, but it's pretty corporate. Nice. And I'm making three times as much as I was before. Amazing. So, and, and so what do you think the angle is here that you just like, do you think that the, the, the meat on this bone to discuss is the idea that you basically have given up changing the world for making money and stability? Or is it like, a, is it a technology focused position? Like, where do you think? We no, get? it's still an impact focused position. I'm in like social impact within the organization and the organization is like a hundred year old company that actually once you if you think about it is like the OG of social enterprise because it provides support services to its members um, but it's like you know I'm helping a bunch of like white people who own cars instead of helping people that like don't own their own and don't even own themselves right. um, you know, be able to own a solar lantern or, like, get their education. So it's a different level of impact, I would say, than what I was doing before. And I think the thing there is, like, you know, everyone's really, like, wondering if I'm going to survive the transition. Like, I've never fucking sat in a cubicle before. Like, literally never. Um, so that's going to be interesting. And just like all the stuff, like, I don't know how to like come to work. Like, I don't know what like business casual outfits are and like what cubicle etiquette is and like what you're supposed to do in the lunchroom. Like, I feel like I'm like transferring to high school all over again from like my Montessori education and I have to like hide in the library. Like I feel very out of place. Well, the first thing is. You, yeah. you don't know how to be on time. That's your first problem. <laughs> and and I do think, though, that if there was ever a time where your Montessori existence may fit into the modern world, obviously you've gone and toured the offices of this place and all of that, toured the offices. But don't you – is it like a ping pong table type situation? No, like, it's okay. not. It's not like a Bay Area startup. There's no like fresh squeezed juice bar. Like, it's in Walnut Creek, which is in deep East Bay. Mm. It's, like, it's very corporate, like, very old school. And so, I mean, to me, this is kind of this interesting conversation. Like, let's turn it back around to me, of course, which is Anna and I come home from work every day, and we at least do, like, seven minutes on what we could do. We could move to Rhode Island and buy this thing I found on Craigslist and turn it into, like, a farm-to-table cooking education center and a woodworking school. We could become consultants and travel around the country 
doing like project by project in the areas that we're interested in. Like maybe we should buy some sort of like business that has a passive income so that we can travel more. Like we, you know, we should work at this job for this much a time and then get this much equity and then be able to do X, Y, and Z afterwards. And at some point it turns out that even though we all thought it wouldn't be us, that your twenties do get over around 35 and you can't do everything. And you also, don't have the energy to take care of your fucking kid and be creative and pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But that's also depressing, right? I mean, I'm not trying to poo-poo your, your idea of working for this job, but those have got to be some of the internal battles you've been fighting. Like right now you're basically trying to like take care of you because that's not that easy, right? I mean, you, your family, you want to have like Labor Day off. You want to be able to like take planned vacation and get paid for it. You want to have a good health care plan. And we're just we're we're just all transitioning into yuppies, basically, is what you're you're, I know. you're telling us. So that's that was my big reveal that like I'm the last bastion of like good in this in our friends and have been like fuck the man and I just like signed a contract with the van. And I have been feeling so conflicted about it, and I do feel really weird, and I don't know how long I'm going to last in the cubicle, but, like, all the things that you said is exactly, like, the reason why I LinkedIn easy applied to this job. Oh, my I mean, God. I <laughs> when I was getting on the airplane on my final trip to India, it was like a giant fuck you to India, um, and then I got it. So, yeah, I know. I feel really conflicted. I feel like I need to... I can't be creative. I don't have the space in my life to, like, be creative and, like, make sure that, like, my family and my kid and everyone is, like, developing the way that they should be and, like, in while sacrificing that for, like, this really exciting, like, 20-something idea of saving the world, like, traveling around, like, living in huts and, like, going on bus rides like where you almost fall off like a mountain and all that stuff like I can't those two but that was my identity for so long so it's very hard to like be like okay now I am like I might as well just like move to Westchester and like admit that I've like been defeated and that and you're that becoming I am, like, your mother a hypocrite and it's over and that you're becoming your parents, which is like not and not, not and not. I don't mean that to you specifically, but just to all of us. Um, yeah. Which is like such a bizarre, emotional, psychological battle you fight for so long until you realize that you're fighting against something that maybe you can never win. Um, yeah. So now I have my like new boss keeps calling me, and I you know before I even signed my offer letter. Being like, are you sure this is a good fit for you? Oh, like, shit. things aren't going to move very fast. Like, I've been here for two years. You know, I just want to make sure that you're, like, okay with the, like, snail's pace of change. Well, um, don't send them so the link like, to oh, landline. God, am I going to be okay? Like, I don't know. Like, if you think I'm not going to be okay, and I don't think I'm going to be okay, then it's like, probably it won't be okay, but I'm still going to take it because it's, a new experience, and it feels like the adult thing to do, Ugh. which is, oh, like, God. the thing that I am trying out right now. Well, it'll be nice to come home and be done with work and be – that, like, turns out there's so much time in the day, 
even if you sleep for eight hours and work for eight hours, there's eight more hours where you can do stuff. And that's actually a fair amount of time. And any time that you're, even if you're working for another company where it's on your own computer in a home office like I am, all of that work like bleeds into those eight hours. So it's probably going to be good to come and go from a workstation. Um, although I'm completely lying to you when I say that. It sounds awful to me. Um, and just never had it. I need that separation. I need to like remind myself because Empower was like too much of my me. It was like an extension of me. It was like another child or like something, and it became like too much. Just like giving too much of myself. So I need something that I like kind of hate, but then while hating it, I can just like be okay with not being an overachiever and like always focusing on it and trying to work on it yeah the worst thing that happens is that you leave i mean it's not the end of the world um and i do think that's you should be uh, many people who are personally passionate about something whether it's a social venture that they started or just like a project they're working on or even a job that they're holding on to have a very difficult time cutting the cord even as they become, whether it's financially or otherwise, like deeper and deeper into the hole that they're digging for themselves. And so it's better to get rid of that earlier and then be able to reflect on it. Even if it's a, even if you go back to social entrepreneurship a year from now, maybe you just needed to get out of the organization that you had started, as you said earlier. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe, but this will be another 0.5 extra return episode, but there's no like options. I don't think for me to be, I mean, sure. If I haven't been working for empower for the past 10 years, I'd probably have a little bit more money, but we're not talking like as rich as Gabe. I don't think that's ever going to happen. God, as rich as Gabe could be a, could be a feature on this fucking show too it's the, it's the Should fe- we have that be a feature as rich as Gabe like what would you do oh well do you want to know what he did he went he went to a bar that he had to make reservations to get into and when you got there you gave your cell phone up for a playing card and so that no one had cell phones in the bar it was a speakeasy and then they all like had real conversations with each other that's as rich as Gabe what? That sounds like you the speakeasy of your dreams. That's like the landline speakeasy. I know, and of course some assholes in L.A. already set it up and are being successful with it while I sit here in front of a Mac laptop with a bunch of digital recording equipment <laughs> talking about how the world is coming to an end. Exactly. I'm also convinced we're going up to Sea Ranch next week. I'm like up on the north coast of the bay there's like no service and no internet and it's all really shitty and i'm pretty sure that it's like all the old rich guys have like finagled it so that there's like a dead zone in their like nice country house yes that's what Um, that's my dream so i have two dreams for my future house that i'm supposedly going to build one is that it has a um, industrial dishwasher like out of a restaurant so you can walk down, like take a step down into a tiled area and everything is like a restaurant dish room. So you can do like an entire load of dishes in 90 seconds with one of those things that you just slide down and the thing washes with super hot water. So that's the first mm-hmm. thing. The second thing is I want to set up like cell phone killers all around my property so when as rich as Gabe comes over and he needs to like check to make sure that like the project he's working on in LA is going through well he doesn't pay attention to his kids that I can just like kill his cell phone signal completely. So 
that's been a long-term goal of mine. Well, you should just buy a house in Bolinas, and then Tim can be your roommate, and that would be a perfect place to do it because that's, like, where all the old guys do it. If I didn't hate everyone my age who lives in California, that would be a good solution. Um, all right. Well, I guess the, the let's let's wrap it up here because um, I think really, first of all, do not send the landline podcast to these people. You'll be fired immediately. Second of all, I bet you can't even listen to it at work because they'll have some sort of like pop-up blocker on podcasts like this. Um, but I think we will want to know updates as you go through this. And I do think... My big question for you is like, what what are you going to do all day? Because I've become completely convinced that nobody who works at a desk in America actually has eight hours of work to do every single day. So I'm just I'm fascinated with given that you're not going to be like trying to coordinate the like helicopter drop of a bunch of solar power lamps into a remote village in Nepal. Like, what is it that you actually are going to need to do that will take up your time? I just hope you don't get bored. That's all. I mean, I also hope that I don't get bored. I hope that, like, the project that I'm working on is boring enough that if I have to do that for eight hours a day, I would get bored really fast. But I'm hoping that there's enough opportunity, like, that the reason why they hired me was because that they really do want to shake things up and change things around and, you know, make social impact not just a window dressing, but really, like evolve the company and do some really cool things and hoping I can be a part of initiating that change and leading people to water. All right. Well, we could talk forever, but I'm going to put a cork in it and it'll maybe feel like we ended with a, you know, unceremoniously, but that's just the way this is going to go. So, um, I think a couple reminders to you in the audience. One if you're at the office, you're probably going to have a landline. If you need to like call our landline, 503-894-8480, and talk about how someone's like microwaving fish in the break room, just don't forget that option. Um, callers, you do the same. We will be back on Tuesdays with Landline this fall, Season 7. You can always see us next Tuesday on Landline. Um, Anya, hopefully we'll be back for more .5 return reports. And if you have suggestions, challenges, if you're in line at the DMV, instead of sending a scat chat or whatever they're called to all your buddies about how fat somebody is, call the landline and leave us a message. Use the power of the spoken word. It's still alive today. Um, And all you Chinese listeners, if you want to tell us why Trump is so good in Mandarin, You'll have to figure out what the country code is. But again, that's 503-894-8480. So, Anya, any parting shots? the international representation of this podcast, the country code is plus one, people. <laughs> All right. Any other parting shots? Thanks for, thanks for coming along. Did you have fun? <laughs> yeah, it was super fun. Um, no, that's it. And tell Gabe, you know, if he wants to take up some issues with me just send me a message on instagram private that's right and also great job by the way having those crows in the background it brought a really nice natural texture to our interview i'm (laughs) serious i'm in my backyard all right best to you and yours have fun on instagram and we'll see you next time on landline podcast all right love you love you too bye bye landline landline We noticed an unusual login from a device or a location you don't usually use.
Was this you? We recently received unauthorized activity from your IP address. Date June 19, 2018, time at 12.51 a.m. Near Ohio, USA. If you are not aware of this issue, press 1. Thank you for your response. We would now like to transfer you to a poll taker for just a few more questions. Please stay on the line. Hello. Hi, scammer. You motherfucker. What's that? Sorry. Is this scammer? Yes, you are a motherfucker. Okay. How can I help you? Motherfucker. Do you know? My mother's here. Yeah. All right, folks, that about does it. That last bit was a new feature that we're calling Scam Jam. And my last feature is hosted by our guest who's with us right now. Where do you, What do you think of Scam Jam this week, Anna? Ooh, it gets me every time. So do you ever call, do you ever answer the phone with a scammer? I do. Um, I have very little tolerance for, for scammers. I typically hang up within the first five seconds, but I appreciated that you, you went there with this guy. So in the same tradition as maps, bringing a paper map in today's day and age, which is obviously just like a hipster prank. To me, it's like following a carrier pigeon just to see where it goes. Right. It's a landline example of doing the opposite of everybody else just because. And so I'm going to try to keep scammers on the phone for as long as possible. All right. So that'll come every week as well. But the last feature is a feature we're calling at least this week significant bother with alex's co-host co-partner co-parent and co-sleeper anna (laughs) who is a um co-host of the movie annex on landline podcast so every week anna is going to listen to the show before everybody else does just the perks of marriage to alex mckay and then she'll give us a fresh hot load of takes wow. um, before everyone else hears the show because I oftentimes get a lot of significant bother because I said things that weren't true or I said something disparaging or I made something up or whatever it is. So um, in three minutes or less, why don't you give our first inaugural, first inaugural means first first. This uh, is the penultimate moment before the first inaugural significant bother. Fire away significant bother. Well, babe, first of all, big kudos. Season seven, you have a lot to be proud of. You could have just cracked another beer and watched another Netflix series, but instead you picked up the landline and called some people. They called you, and it's so good to hear you back in the mix. Welcome home. Building me up before tearing me down. A.K.A. marriage. (laughs) Anyway, um... It was very refreshing to hear Anya's hot takes and just generally um, someone who is on your level in terms of giving you the business. Um, she was quick. She was funny. I love hearing the familiarity of two old friends. To me, that gets at the heart of Landline. And it's going to be interesting to see how you 
potentially branch out beyond the inner circle in terms of these conversations if you decide to do so. It's going to be food for thought. Well, I'd rather have the inner circle step up a little bit to the landline, to be perfectly honest with you. But um, that's true. Be I have enough in the inner circle to blow the socks off everything. The only aspect of that that could have a blowback effect is the idea of basically making my life a shareable entity on the internet, which is exactly what landline is against. But I think that's a rabbit hole we can't go down in the three minute end of. Um, end of show segment. All so right. keep going with your criticisms because that's what we brought you on for. So before I go on with criticisms, I actually, this is a criticism. I am finished with the I need more female voices. I feel that the affirmative actioning of Landline is kind of boring and it's time to just call your friends and stop being so hung up on their race, gender, color, creed, etc. So um that's my two cents. Let's move beyond it. It's I'm inundated with the superlatives of who people are. I think what John Lucy gets at, it's this uh, bifurcation and and division of of titles here in the United States and what landline is has the potential to do is to to find the common ground. We're looking for that comfy feeling of having a conversation on the landline. That's what landline's about, right? All right, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, music to my ears, I'll call a white man any day of the week. All right, keep going. Right, 90 so seconds. I have a general, like, unease with what is landline, but... In speaking with other people, I think that's part of their binky. So I listen to more podcasts than anyone I know. I I know a good podcast from a bad. I like a quick formula. I like my my musical transitions. I like my drops, my familiarities with, with the pacing and timing. I'm ready for Landline to, to find its groove and to f- drop me into it so that Yes, there's new content and excitement every week, but there's still, you know, the scam jam. I'm still hearing from the few folks that call in. I want to hear kind of maybe like an overarching trajectory of what this is. What are you trying to put out there? And if it's, you know, nothing, then state your case and move forward from that all right well hopefully after a few episodes this season there'll be some sort of consistency i do i am striving for that and that's good feedback i will say that um i don't want to explicitly say what it is i would rather use the features to connect show to show because i think there's an exciting element of discovery when you're listening to a show that you like in being sort of in the inside circle of getting the jokes like drops or features or characters. So fair. Um, I also think that it's difficult to get points across quickly and the world moves so fast in today's digital um, at, at today's digital pace that I think uh, in making sure I'm not like, and this is so-and-so not that you're suggesting I should um, trying to just get people to be quick on the uptake and either join the club or GTFU. Hmm. All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to go ahead and get the fuck up 
and say it's been a pleasure to be featured, and I can't wait to hear what you've got in store for us this season. All right, what about Movie Annex? Is it coming back? Um, you know, it it probably is. That's a longer conversation. Okay. All right, well, that's the enthusiasm you can expect on this season. Season 7 of Landline. Thanks for listening, and this time, for real, we're out. Ishii, we love you. Ishii, we love you. Goodbye. Music by the Pitchfork Revolution out of Bend, Oregon. The best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend. You're listening to Landline.